0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards
2: his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Welcome into a special Madhouse podcast, mix-up, something. We don't even know what to call this thing because it's so <laughs> friggin' special. I am James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago and The Athletic Chicago. With me, as always, the bearded and resplendent Jay Zawoski, but it's not about us. It's about the guests that we have in the building today. Ladies and gentlemen, NHL.com and AthleticChicago.com's Brian Hedger and the man who I consider to be probably the best reporter in the entire freaking city, Scott Powers from The Athletic Chicago. Gentlemen, welcome to our show of craziness.
3: It's funny. We talked about doing this uh, was the first week of the season then Brian Hedger cuz he lives in a different state and covers the Blackhawks <laughs> didn't make it here in time so this got delayed and finally we were able to for get together for the whole
0: season it got delayed Well yeah. I know I know mm-hmm. like, we just we never revisited we, we did have it. this scheduled before and I was then... like
3: I was a, I was all stoked for it and everything I got that
0: day I'll never forget that that was opening night yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, I really st- well, that was opening night wow. mm-hmm. I got yeah I got stuck uh on I-65 north in Maryville by when I, I mean a construction worker got killed, so it's yeah. not funny. Yeah. But uh, it was two hours, like just sitting there.
3: This is why you you shouldn't cover the Blackhawks and live in Indiana.
0: I, I think I th- he was gonna just stop there. He was gonna stop. <laughs> this is why <laughs> just don't live in Indiana. This is why you shouldn't cover the Blackhawks. <laughs> is Hawks. this
2: something you talk about with Mark Lazarus all the time? Because oh, yeah, he oh yeah he it. lives in a different
0: part of Northwest no, Indiana. Like he lives closer to the state line. He's like thirty minutes away. I'm as Mark calls it in the boonies. So. I just I
3: don't think you can tout Chicago or be a Chicagoan or. If we get all
0: our TV from Chicago. You don't pay my
3: taxes or anything. <laughs> we, don't, like, we don't. We don't get TV from
0: Indiana. You
2: elected Mike Pence governor. You did all sorts of things I didn't that clearly made Scott though. angry. I did not
0: like Mike Pence.
1: You specifically. Yes, elected it was me. Just you. It was me. You were bullying people outside the polling <laughs> stations. I remember your photo of you trying to come in that day, and that was uh, yeah, oh, that it was, was brutal. brutal. It was. That's brutal. the other
3: thing he does is he he tweets when he drives and I, these are things I'll work, I'm working on it to improve him a better <laughs> Just person throw it out there. I worry, yeah. I worry about Brian in so many ways and by women's. the way
2: Brian this isn't actually a playoff podcast this is an intervention <laughs> is this is an intervention mm-hmm.
0: well it's working
2: yeah it's working your, I,
3: your wife's outside I, um, we're it, he well, also dislikes small hockey players. He's got a real problem.
0: Oh, boy. I'm like Q. Okay? I'm like Q. Q tolerates them. He doesn't like them. He's, okay. they're forced upon him. Yes, they're forced upon him. And, and when they're good enough, he's like, all right, fine.
3: You can go we out look there. Look forward and play. to the Debrinka you know and Lewis uh, Vinny Hennistroza line. Next Q oh,
0: loves boy. him. Q loves him some better. Bickle and, uh, like, those kind of guys. Or uh, John Hayden now is the new one who's, like, 6'2", big, muscular. Be be careful what you say. He's Jay's favorite player.
2: John
1: Hayden? No, I I like John Hayden a lot. The first game, Pat Foley just – I don't want to be crude here, but he – Pretty much pleasured him for 60 minutes after, uh, I think he had six minutes of ice time in his debut. Yep. The whole second period was committed to John Hayden. It was ridiculous. He's just a slurp fest. And, you know, Foley's got his, Foley and Q, they like the same kind of guys. I think we could. They're old school. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: They're old school. They like that old school kind of big, rough, tough mentality. Scott hates that, by the way.
3: I don't. I, I think Hayden's, yeah, yeah, I think he's fine. I just, you know, I, yeah, I don't. Need, no need he, for Scott is the champion of of small
0: people? and I should be actually the champion of small because not only am I short, but I do have a daughter who has uh dwarfism yeah so you know I'm always championing the small you know can do mighty things, but mm-hmm. like in a hockey arena sometimes I feel they're like limited yes. I just feel like they can get pushed around sometimes. Well,
1: I'll tell you, Kane and Panarin have had a really tough time this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, they're horrible. <laughs> Clearly being short. Those, just guys are, them. those guys are
2: terrible at hockey. See, he sees uh, Scott Darling and is just like, oh, Yes. That's my ideal hockey player. Look right at those now. long
1: legs. Well, Svedberg is
3: his favorite player of all time. So oh. them him and Charo. So forgot
2: about How that. could Svedberg not be your so, favorite so like during the World <laughs> no, Baseball Classic? Skate, though that like, like seven foot big. tall Dutch guy was probably like Brian Hedger's like wet dream. I
0: actually have the fun. I have a funny story about the the Darling thing. Did you, I have to tell you about this? About this year, he was, he had I can't remember which game it was. He just had an amazing game. He's making just just stand in his head type of saves all night and we go to talk to him afterward and and i'm just thinking in my head like how am i i want to get this guy to talk about like what he does to stay so loose so limber and everything and i'm like i'm like do you do yoga and he's like yeah i do and then then he stopped the answer i'm like well i want him to keep talking and so (laughs) it's it's me it's me and chris cook and chris cook will never ever let me down or let 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 this go and we're just standing there and i just go you're really flexible. Oh, he actually gave a good answer after that. But like, like cook just wanted to smack me. I think with like a rolled up newspaper, but you, he always looks
2: like that though. Like you, you Chris? see Chris cook. Yeah. It's always like, you're just, you're ruining me right now and I want to hit you.
0: <laughs> but it's because, uh, usually he's standing next to me. So now there you you know, go. I have that effect then. It all makes sense now. I, ha- I have that effect. So anyway,
1: well, should we get into it? How do we want to handle this? We've, we're doing this very loosey-goosey, but the playoff matchups are set, um, and I guess we could just kind of go through them and discuss them briefly, and we'll do the old radio trick of saving the Hawks and Predators for last Ooh. for the old time spent listening thing. So uh, where do you guys want to start? Let's, let's start with, in my opinion, the least interesting matchup of the entire <laughs> yes. playoffs, yeah. the Boston Bruins and Ottawa Senators. <sighs> Scott, Brian, James, your thoughts. We'll make this quick.
0: <laughs> yes. Just like the series might be. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? That series might go longer than you think because I think the Bruins have been pretty good this year, but they have struggled in net. Mm-hmm. Haven't they? I mean, it was, it's was it been basically the Tuca Rask show, and then he kind of struggled a little bit. Um, and then they had the coaching change, obviously. And uh, another, it, it worked out well for them because they weren't doing so hot when uh, Claude Julien was there. Yeah. Um, but is one of those sneaky teams, I think. I mean, you were saying earlier you think the Jay. I mean, you were saying that you might think they might be out of there pretty soon. I don't know. I like I like Kyle Turris. Um, I like Eric Carlson. You know, and uh, Chicago native uh, Craig Anderson, right? Isn't he yes. their goalie? Mm-hmm.
1: I just don't know what it is about Ottawa. What's what is great about Ottawa? What's going to put them past Boston? Parliament, obviously. Well, of course, yes. of course, they've got the cat and Eric Carlson is a world-class defenseman, no doubt. And Kyle Torres is a nice player. But in the playoffs, you need star players to win, to take you very far. And I just don't see it on Ottawa's roster. Maybe it'll surprise. But Bobby, Bobby
0: uh, Ryan's still there. He's not I bad. See, he's he's not mean, great. You're
2: insinuating Eric Carlson isn't a star I am, player.
1: but he I don't know if he's the kind of guy that can carry a team through a round. He's a defenseman. It's
0: hard for a defenseman to it do that. It is true. You're right. Even an offensive defenseman. Actually, mm-hmm. you might say especially an offensive defenseman right. in the playoffs, you know,
3: if you, if you have some
0: defensive liabilities or whatever.
3: But how, how many teams change the coach during the season or in the playoffs? Three? Is that right? Um, uh, Blue, Montreal. Blues. The
0: Blues,
2: Montreal, and Boston. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that normal.
3: I don't like that. I said, don't,
2: that does
0: not seem normal, No. It?
1: Yeah, usually not changing when things are going well. So, yeah, that's... I don't know. That that does seem high. That's
0: three out of six. It's almost a quarter of your playoff teams. We'll have
1: the research department check it out and get <laughs> yeah. back to yeah, this. This, I don't, I
2: don't this, this is why we need an, an, an intern, man. <laughs> See, this is
1: James's idea. Last year we did the bracket challenge at uh, NHL.com, and we still have yet to send out the winning prizes. I, I found the list today. <laughs> Good. So I'm going to do it. Uh, and. We were trying to sign up a lead today, but NHL.com is not working.
0: Yeah, Brian. Uh,
1: so, it's all uh, my
0: fault. Just blame me again. Uh, again.
1: It's, not, it's not your fault. It's just a No, bad... it is his fault. By, proxy. Not... by proxy.
0: By proxy. You can
1: I get guess it. so. You yeah. are the mo- of all the people in this so... room, you are most to blame, that's, I suppose. There you go.
0: That's one way to
2: put it. Um,
1: but once that's up, we'll get it going, and it'll be a Madhouse podcast bracket challenge. And James says the winner should be an intern for a day.
2: I think it's a great idea.
1: And I think that would be him, the intern, him or her, telling my dog to shut up. Mm-hmm. Telling my daughter it's time for her segment.
2: Telling hope it's okay to come down and flash you. I'll turn the other way.
1: Yes, that would that's happened a couple times. (laughs) And my wife has just come downstairs and flashed me. And that's
2: should we have the uh, Mexican lady uh, come in as being a special guest that day?
1: Uh, Happened again. I'm not going to talk much no, about it, but crying out she's got a wow, thing dude. for me. It's, it's unbelievable. But
2: By the way, Thunder just went off. That's God being angry at you.
1: That's God agreeing with me. Anyway, thunder? so the uh, this has a lot to do with the Senators and Bruins. Yeah,
2: You see, that's exactly how boring this series <laughs> know, is. Right? We've already tangented into something we talked about on Twitter today. Anyway, so we might make an intern thing happen as a prize, but anyway... I don't really have any other thoughts other than I'm picking Boston to win, and I just have no real reason why.
1: I just think when the playoffs are around, a guy like Patrice Bergeron makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you know, Jonathan Taves, and, and you could look at the numbers of both those guys and say, oh, they're probably a little bit lower than most people expect. But um, once the playoffs begin, you see those guys' values. And Brad Marchand
2: yeah where, like where did this come yeah, from that come from yeah we played that game last week named the top 10 scorers in the league and it w- it took a second for you to remember that he's up there how yeah many,
0: how many did he end up with do we know
3: i mean he was we, pretty close last year though too wasn't he i mean the last years, over thirty. Been, he was over 30 right yeah i mean yeah.
2: he was over 30 this year I, right? thought, mm-hmm. I thought he was like one short of 40 the last time we talked like i don't know to the talking.
1: research department yeah i'm, I'm, I'm on <laughs> it right now as yeah. we
2: speak all right Bri- looking, brian I'm, is our
3: first intern
0: well, I it, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying. I'm efforting. That I'm sadly ill
3: prepared. Like, like I, I was, I, I have actually haven't looked at the other series. as close?
1: Well, we've got you the, the brackets right here. I think it's Scott has fine. been
0: focusing only on the black. I said, that is how uh, he gets all this information. Yeah. Well,
1: just... look, no one's looking for an in-depth breakdown of these <laughs> right. Eastern Conference. No, Count- I think is...
0: they're just looking for first thoughts, like first impressions. That's all. I'm picking the Bruins because Zdeno Charo is very tall. Okay,
3: <laughs> that's why. Got a pick? It's my own. Uh, I suppose I'll go with Boston as well.
1: There you go. There so we, we got go. a clean sweep it's for definitive. the Bruins. <laughs>
3: yes. Uh, <one laughs> Put of the your most... money down.
1: Now, there's two matchups in the East I'm really intrigued about. Uh, that is Pittsburgh and Columbus and Washington and Toronto. Yes. I think Washington and Toronto is going to be awesome. It might be short because Toronto, I think we can maybe all agree. Some defensive liability. Of course. Mm-hmm. And they've been, they've been really impressive. The young players have all been great. But Caps have a lot of experience in not winning. But they've got a lot of playoff experience, and it just might be—it sucks for the that the the Leafs have to run into them their first year. They're really significant again. It's it's a tough matchup. For Unless them. they beat them,
0: then it's like you know. All you know, Katie, bar the door type of thing with that. Yeah, I was just looking. I was telling Scott before we got over here that yesterday I was doing all this uh, kind of research about teams with rookies in the playoffs, and I started totaling points like rookie points, rookie scoring around the league. And obviously, the uh, the Leafs are way ahead of everyone else. But I mean, to see the numbers themselves were ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, like we're. Ta- I mean, before yesterday's game, they had over a hundred. Hundred and some odd goals, uh, and then they had uh, over three hundred points combined just from their rookies. The next highest, uh, second second place in rookie scoring, was like two almost two hundred points less. I mean, the Hawks were third at one hundred and five points with their rookies, which is doing pretty good out of thirty teams yeah. or whatever. But I mean, you could have, and I, I I figured it out. You could you could almost add up second, third, and fourth and equal how many like the points that the Jeez. that the Leafs had.
1: That's incredible. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow. Well, you draft that high year after year that's and, and eventually back, Doc, like said, eventually yeah. you get good. Right Oilers?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. I I want for me I, and Hadrian and I debate this. I I like when the best team wins. Like I I I don't like all like the parity in hockey. I I I like the NBA often because the best team wins and I feel like that's uh, you know, it can be competitive in the championship, but I think the Capitals are the best team in hockey this year, so I I tend to hope that they get to the final and and that sort of thing. Where I don't like that, and I guess I know it's fun and all those things, but I I I feel like the regular season should matter in some way where the eighth seed doesn't win, you know. And I I know things can, uh, there are reasons why a a lower seed will win and that sort of thing, Um, but. Yeah, for me, I guess I've always liked that 162-game season or 82-game season in all those ways matter. And, and I, I know that the Capitals were the most impressive team this season throughout. and um, So I, Toronto's in, intriguing because of the youngsters, and I'm sure that's a team that we'll see, I imagine, from years to come. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess I like the Capitals because they were the best team in the regular season.
2: I kind of like where you're going with that, but I kind of hate lazy narratives. So that's why I hate the Washington sucks in the playoffs. They're going to lose inevitably, yada yada. I want to see that go away. Yeah. I'm tired of hearing Alex Ovechkin's a loser and never wins anything. Yeah. I just I, I, I want that, that lazy narrative to go away. So I'm sort of rooting for Washington to get to the final too for that reason. I want that narrative to go away and for me never to have to hear it again. That well, would be really nice.
3: It's not fair in hockey either. It's, it's such a team sport. I mean, obviously Ovechkin controls a goal or two a game, but this is not the NBA where it's it's one guy runs the show, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, Kane and Taves have championships because of, Everyone else, you know, it's it, it's 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 such a team sport. So, I, I of blaming anything on Ovechkin or any individual is just it's um, yeah, it, it doesn't take in the, the bigger picture.
1: That's why I think you know, the NHL has actual parity where when you look at these 16 teams involved in the playoffs, there's only one or two that would really shock you if they won a the cup, right? I think Toronto would be a big shock, I think Ottawa would be a big shock, and Calgary, yep, and Edmonton, mm-hmm. so four. Of the sixteen, you think
2: Edmonton would be
0: a shock if, if they,
2: they won, won the cup? cup? Yeah,
1: I think yeah. if they won the cup, that yeah, would be a big they, shock.
2: They
0: have issues in goal. I mean, yeah, like that's like, true. Uh, I mean, they have a good goalie, but he's basically played every single game. <laughs> like I'm a little, you know, wondering how he's going to hold up in this yeah. playoffs after he's played basically every game.
1: Um, so. But but see, I, I kind of like that fact that I feel like any team can win, and any of those aside from those four, you would say are probably deserving of legitimate cup content conversation. I talked about the Predators in our season preview i picked the predators to win the stanley cup yes you did and they have not they've underachieved i guess in a lot of people's minds they got off to a terribly slow start and we'll get into this later obviously as we preview the series but um that that wouldn't shock me if the predators won the cup if pecorino can play uh you know the level of hockey he's used to playing why not they've got all the weapons They got everything they need they're certainly deep enough it's just you know it's a matter of um, Goal, goal tending and, and getting your Hot players hot at the right times I suppose But yeah
3: um, well, I guess it's also the bigger uh, And what other thing I hate is overtime hockey And shootouts and it's uh, When the Predators all the other stats You know if you take away their overtime losses and shootout losses I mean there's I think it was like six points Different than the Blackhawks I mean there, there's so many numbers Where it looks like one team um, even course, I think the national finished fifth and Corsi, uh, if you look at five on five goal differential, there's, I think it was six goals with the Blackhawks. I mean, all the stats, uh, if you read between the lines, there's not that much of a difference, you know, yeah. I mean, especially Blackhawks, I think had 13 points or whatever it was from, uh, 14 points from overtime victories, like the things that, that matter that ended up making a team look so much different in the end where I think a lot of reasons on paper and also on performance based on some of those other things. I guess we're already jumping into the Blackhawks Predators series, which, which seems awesome. like a natural thing. But it happens. That's uh, yeah. I, I think the the Predators are uh, they're an elite team too, right? I mean, that's if things do click, and and I think there's it's not just them getting lucky. I think there's some things that that say they can be a, a tough opponent.
1: Definitely. Well, let's let's wrap up the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Why don't we just make our picks? Sure. And then we'll move on to breaking down the Hawks and. Uh, Hawks and pride. So I was
0: I was looking up Marshand right, and that was supposed. Yeah. to be yes. Like, uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Marshand finished with eighty five points. He had thirty nine goals and forty six assists in eighty games. I think that's pretty good. I think it's ridiculously. Season? It's ridiculous. A couple of years ago, he was seen. It was, it was him and uh, Shaw. Shaw we're Remember see, they were like same the, what, what were the same conversation? They're
1: the same player. Year, what What's was that?
3: his numbers last year?
0: Uh, I have to look now. See, he next. didn't look that up. I'm, I'm Don't looking at you the,
3: just have his. Card I mean, no. up <laughs> I didn't
0: have that too. up. I'm, I'm looking at the total. Oh, points. he was looking so, at the know. NHL leaders and yes. making Blackhawks and I fans I about that, by the way, because Here, where we go? Come Come just, uh, God, we'll
3: move the predictions. Well. I can just edit this, this all could out. take a...
1: I get all, this <laughs> air, all this He had right 37
0: out. goals last year yeah. and 61 points, so he Man. really upped it in the assists category this year. Uh, before that, the year before that, 24, 18, and 42. Mm-hmm. So. Since twenty fourteen fifteen, he's really uh, picked it up as a scorer. There's only
1: one explanation: what? steroids. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, with Brad Marchand, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
0: I I did have a question here about the stats. Now that I was looking at them, the leaders we kept. Uh, everyone was talking about how Panarin finished tenth. They have them listed is it because of ties? Tied, yep. That's what it is. So Kane tied for the second and then another guy. Mm-hmm. It's also
3: That's only listed among four. It's because there's a
2: defenseman
0: in the top ten. Yeah.
2: Players. I think Brent Burns was in the top Brent ten. Brent Burns is in the top ten yeah, so that yeah, that'll and, wow,
0: Brent Burns was seventy six points mm-hmm. as a defenseman. Um all right. So hey, question answered.
1: I love the, that guy. Brent there you Burns. Go.
0: Uh, the beard or the guy? the whole thing yes. yeah the whole the whole package package all right all right let's so we're wrapping up the eastern Caps. All right, Sorry so to get us distracted we there,
1: all picked but... boston i think we're all pack- picking the caps correct yes uh pittsburgh yes pittsburgh all around everybody everybody yes. uh, I see some hesitation from you. I'm picking Columbus. Really? See, I'm on fence about this one.
2: I'm going to pick Columbus. I'm picking Columbus because of Sergei Bobrovsky and all the injuries the Penguins have on their blue line. I think Columbus can pull an upset.
0: And you know what? Columbus has got that whole chip on the shoulder mentality as well because they they feel like nobody's paying attention to them because they're in Columbus,
2: right?
1: They're great this year. We we
2: put it there because we, before the season, I excoriated uh, John Tortorella. Just was like,
0: he's going to get fired. He sucks.
2: He
1: what do cha- I know? Clearly. Did he
0: change as a coach? As, you know, do you think he learned anything from the World Cup?
1: Probably a little bit. I think guys like that though—they come in, they work right away, but there's a shelf life. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he'll never have a Quenville-like run he's anywhere he goes. He's the Tom he of
2: the NHL.
1: Well, I don't think Tibbs is such a jerk. You know, he's—he's right. he's a hard ass, but he's not a.
2: What about uh, Scott Skiles then?
1: Similar. I think that's yes, a good call. He definitely
2: comp. was that guy that like wore out
0: his welcome in Chicago.
2: Tortorello
1: is more accomplished, though. I think that's he's sort true. of the modern day Mike Keenan. Yeah. There you, know? you go. I, yeah, I'll okay. give you that. There we and go. Uh,
0: what that's what this is this conversation is what makes Q so amazing, though, because he still kind of has that hard ass to him a little bit. Obviously, mm-hmm. He gets the Q stare. Right. He puts people in the Q doghouse, and <laughs> you don't ever get out of it. All. But he's been here forever, and he keeps winning, and they keep changing the roster around him, and he, and people just keep adjusting.
3: I mean, he hasn't burned out yet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they haven't – Yeah, but he doesn't anger, like, his star players. I mean, all the players that play for him respect the, them yeah. and love him. It's – I mean, you can healthy scratch a Nick Letty and those type of guys and guys that need maybe right. – Yeah, I don't – I think the guys that play for him love him, though, you know? Yeah, but I, mean, I think that's part of – But he's, he's, a, what makes he's him also a good coach. coach-friendly – Co- player friendly coach where he, th- there's not long he's got practices. like that weird, right. yeah he's got that weird there's not mixed, a lot of
0: uh you don't see that a lot is what I'm I think saying. it's
3: a respect though I, I I don't I think there's a difference between the two coaches in that how they coach and how they're respected by it. they do I don't think Quinville wears out as well well I'm just saying,
0: like. saying that's that's the hard balance to strike if you're a coach right definitely like you you are you, you are either you a lot of times you see guys who are either or right they're either like the nice guy and the you know players guy or they're the the jerk you know, and you don't see guys who are who can kind of toe that line both sides. And Q, you're right, Scott. Q is is one of those guys.
1: I think Q's done a good job too of uh, of adjusting over the years, especially yep. this year. A yep. lot of people said oh, we're going to be a month in, and the Hawks are going to go out and sign four veteran forwards for the minimum and and make them happy. And he's been year to year to year. You see him make adjustments and just sort of the way he coaches a team. And he has to because his roster is changing so much. I think that that's an under rated aspect of him as a coach is his ability to adjust himself for the better of the team and you're right the way he takes care of veteran players and the players in general he doesn't overwork them with too many practices if he's sensing they're tired they get a day off and it's that's the you're right it's a delicate balance of having the respect commanding the room but keeping your players happy and he's a master of it
0: yep
2: i think i I need to ask the question of these guys since they're here we talked about this last week do you think joel quenville has a shot at winning the jack adams
0: this year well, that's a good question because I think he I think he should be in contention every year, to be honest with right. you. Right, but, but usually when you it goes to at, the underdog guy. Well, right. And well, here's what usually happens is is they have a great season and people just kinda go, Yeah, it's the Blackhawks, you know. Anybody could coach those guys. You right. know, give me mm-hmm. Taves, give me Kane, give me whatever. And then so he just kinda gets overlooked or pushed aside, you know, in, in that conversation. But you're right, this year different mm-hmm. because this year pretty much the entire bottom six changed
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know this is like a whole new thing here that he had to deal with uh, if it's going to depend on whether national writers realize that or not or whether they still look at it especially the canadian guys who look at it and be like oh, i still got tave still got kane still got panarin still got keith you know all those kind of guys uh it, that's going to be the the thing he always has to get over
1: all right, so you guys are picking the the Blue Jackets. Yep. I'm picking Pittsburgh. Scott, you're picking the Pens as yep. well. And now we move on to Montreal and the Rangers. Another series I don't really care about. I don't about. really have
2: a huge amount of opinions on this. Like I think Montreal probably should win, but I'm not like sold like, hardcore on that. They're, they're both very
1: similar in that yeah. they have really good goaltending and a lot of good players, mm-hmm. but no one that's like, that guy's awesome. Shea Weber, I think, will qualify. But again, that's a defenseman. It's also a guy in the later parts of his career. Not the same player he was in Nashville. Um, So, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's sort of a coin flip for me. I'll just say Montreal because I think Carey Price is better, assuming health.
0: What do we think about the Canadians becoming kind of a thug team?
1: That was weird the trade deadline. Isn't it whole weird like was... they went
0: out and just got a bunch of muscle and yeah. like and that's totally not the Canadians history, right? No. I mean, you know, Guy Lefleur and all this all, <laughs> all the kind of stuff. Now it's just like we're going to go out there and just ram you into the boards and we're going to like give you the elbow and a little face wash and well, well, we've all seen how well it's worked for Anaheim over the years. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I guess that's what uh Bergeron wants over there. I keep pounding the table. Can you guys hear this? Can you hear that?
1: Uh It's not picking up that much. See, It's at Scott. Scott,
0: (laughs) Scott, Scott's sitting there stewing. I'm very annoyed. I'm watching him do it, pounding the table. I'm a hand talker. Okay. Are you Italian? No. Well, I I'm a mutt, so I might be. You might be a little bit. Never
1: know. Actually, you know what? Now that you mention it, that was showing up very loudly. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) whether or not, just lie to him and tell (laughs) him
3: There's a big spike in the volume. Look, we are there. never inviting <laughs> you're, you're, him back again.
0: You're the professional, Jay. I know, you'll you'll figure out how to erase it. These right? are
3: things I deal with sometimes. Yeah. Is this yeah. something sometimes? that happens
0: in the press
2: box of the UC when you guys are recording after games? Him just pounding on the table when he mixes no, his
0: candy usually, and his you, popcorn and Yeah, usually he's complaining about me eating things during mm. the podcast. I get hungry, man. We're there all day.
1: That's this guy clacking away on his laptop as it's recording him. Right. <laughs> <It's your laughs> see, at first I did it unintentionally, and then I started doing
0: it just to piss Jay off. So. See?
1: Well, it works. Mm-hmm. No, it's I'll a...
0: work on my hand pounding on the table. Uh,
1: Ever, You know, Matt Spiegel and Jason Goff do it all the time. All, they're both table pounders. They're when table they wanna, pounders, see? They want to elaborate their point. They slam that table, and I just want to kill them. <laughs>
2: and you just want to pound their faces into the table. Right. right. Let's just yeah. do one give, final
1: one. You
0: should just give him a pillow. Yeah. Just put a pillow on the thing. You can pound the pillow you know,
1: with your hand. That's a great and idea. And or get that. like padded countertops. There yes. you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, put them in a padded room. See,
2: now we started his therapy for him. Now it's to you because now we're talking about your uh, co, <laughs> your radio folks that you want to apparently pound into tables. Today
1: was great. The guys were on remote and I was not. It was a wonderful day.
2: <laughs> yep. You just got to hang out at Stetson Avenue and just chill out.
1: Yep. Just chill out. All right. We're on to the Western Conference. Okay. At long last. Wait, did we make a pen? Yeah, oh, did, we, I, well, I made pick, mine, which is all the matters. You Montreal, because I like Carey Price.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? It's hard to pick against a team that has Carey Price in the net. Uh, I'm going to go, though, with uh, the Rangers. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rangers, too.
2: I'm going with Montreal.
0: Wow, we're split. Yeah. The podcast. Yes. Partnership. split.
1: That's, that's how we make up. That's right. Darn right. Yeah, we argue
2: about stuff, and then we do
0: that. And then we
1: agree and high-five. Mm-hmm. And the dad jokes will come later. Mm-hmm. Scott and I never make up. All right, let's, let's do the West. What is the least interesting matchup in the West? Are we going to say Anaheim-Calgary?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty boring. I don't know. St. Louis, Minnesota could be kind of boring, too.
0: Mm, I think that's going to be a good one. How about San Jose and Edmonton? I, love, I, I can't wait to watch Edmonton that, play. Yeah. I'll be asleep. <laughs> but yeah exactly it's gonna be like on the west Coast. screw you guys i'll be up for that <laughs> yeah
1: no that could be a really ex- here's the deal though you're gonna have the two it's the battle of the oddly lit arenas oh yeah. yeah you've got the 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 uh pitch black is it the hp pavilion still no it's uh sap center
2: SAP. yeah yeah it's easier rolls
1: off the tongue yep. like sap <clears throat> um yeah. and then you have the weirdly like uh halogen lit uh, Edmonton building. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it's all by one. all the yep.
0: orange in there. Yeah. Scott, oh, did yeah. you go to that building this year? I did not. You didn't go to Edmonton. No, I, I knew that. you went... But they've got the great ice. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah they've got the great ice still. And...
1: I'm going to pick Edmonton because I just kind of want it to happen.
2: I'm going to pick San Jose because I hate Edmonton's jerseys, and I'm petty. Do you, you are really He's hate... mad about the How orange. How can you hate the jerseys? I hate the orange jerseys. jerseys. I, like, I, I like, hate them. I hate them. The blue jerseys are where it's at. The orange jerseys look like crap.
0: Like, you mean... Which ones are you talking about?
2: The, their new home jerseys, the new orange. I hate them.
0: You don't like the orange? Because you think the orange is too, like, highlighted or something?
2: Bingo. The blue is classic. The blue looks cool with the logo. I like the blue better. I
0: like... Well, I, But when they were winning all those cups with Gretzky, wasn't it the with the orange? But they the blue? were
1: mostly blue with the orange shoulders. They flipped it now. There you go. I, I know what you're saying. I don't know if that's a reason to not pick a team, though. No, nah, you know <laughs> what? You're right. I,
2: if, if I was picking based on talent alone, I would probably lean san jose though just yeah. because i like the experience i like the veteran guys that they've got the thing though is just man edmonton's got some talented players and they could really like light up a series i think if they really get rolling so it's actually a really tough pick for me i'm leaning san jose but it's really close it
1: is i i'm truthfully i'm gonna go with san jose just for the me- reasons you mentioned they've got so many great two-way forwards on that team um and uh i think the d is strong enough to get it done edmonton that seems to be good for a long time Mm -hmm. they've still got to add some pieces especially uh on the blue line if they can add a it's easy to say but a nicholas Jalmerson type or like a poor man's nicholas Jalmerson, that would go so far for them
2: connor mcdavid for brent seabrook
1: do it i don't know man i don't know if i'd do that (laughs) he seems a little soft to me um you know how you're triggering me though with the Seabrook hatred.
2: I I know it
1: makes me mad. I it's know not his fault. He has a bad contract. I know. Don't hate the player, hate the contract. Really? Um, but yeah, I, I think San Jose just because of their veteran experience, uh, they're gonna they're gonna win this one. I think five or six too. I think it might be quick.
2: It, no, I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna be quick. I think it'll be six. Six sounds good.
3: Yeah, no, I I think San Jose. Too. I I just hope McDavid shows shows off. You know, I, I yeah. think it's especially for the casual fan who maybe tunes in the playoffs where they don't, it's just he's he's the future of the NHL and probably the present too, right? Mm. Uh, just I, I think for him and Matthews, and I, I think that's always the enticing thing is to see these new young kids and uh, yeah, I mean, McDavid's something special, so hopefully he, he plays well and I, I think San Jose is a better team, but uh, yeah, McDavid's something, huh?
0: So, are you picking San Jose? I am picking San Jose, yes. I think we're going to make it four for four. I'm going to pick San Jose for the same kind of reasons, experience factor. Todd McClellan is a very underrated coach. I <laughs> think he is a really good coach.
1: been around. He knows a little bit about the Sharks, too. And it's yes, not he just does. because
0: he's a great quote, either. Like, you know, I always sometimes pick coaches. Who, who, who's a better
2: quote between him and John Cooper?
0: Oh, that's a good – that's a tough one. I think it's probably Cooper. But McClellan's up there, and those guys are both – uh well Cooper was Canadian. Never... Yes. <laughs> Cooper was never an assistant with Mike Babcock, but he, like, Babcock found him, basically, in Michigan. Like, he was, as he was coming up the coaching chain in Michigan, Babcock kind of identified him as this up-and-coming young, you know, star coach, and befriended him. So they're friends, and then McClellan did coach for uh, Babcock. And I'm not pounding the table now, I'm just kind of talking with my hands. tapping it. Um, I'm tapping it, ever so gently. (laughs) Um, So I'm gonna pick San Jose, but I, but, you know... um
3: smallest explanation ever. M- McDavid <laughs> had no is sense in-
0: <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. I mean, did you see the move he did yesterday at like a 100 million miles an hour? Is unreal. I mean, it's one thing to put the puck behind your back through the, your legs for a shot kind of a thing. But to do it at full speed going right at the net was just unreal. I mean, he didn't score on it or anything, but... That's one of those ones you look at and go, oh, my God, like nobody else in the league can do that.
1: I think it's funny. A lot of these guys have the same issue is they all have no personality whatsoever. Taves finally has come out of his shell a little bit this year. And it was almost like a concerted effort. Like, I'm going to be more. I'm going to Instagram stuff and, and do some charity things. And Crosby's kind of a dud. And McDavid is just kind of a mouth breather, and it's like, God, they need a star that can. Those guys are all Canadian. You've got one, PK Subban, mm-hmm. and yep. apparently the league is not ready for him.
2: Can I point out the fact that I get really annoyed by people who criticize Taves for the stuff that he talks about? Like they call him like boring because he talks about like healthy eating and exercise oh, no. and all that. And it's like, not, and like, it's like, and stuff, it's like, yeah. dude. You want these guys to have personality, and then they show it, and then you're like, oh, you're boring. You
1: suck. It's oh, like, no. really? Are you kidding? I'm like, saying before this year, no, before saying, he started doing no, that. No, this
2: is like a thing I've noticed among fans especially, not necessarily among, like, you know, pundits like, you know, you guys. I'm, I don't know if I'm really a pundit, but. <laughs> I'm really a, a pundit. 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 Yes. Yes. Um, I just it annoys me that people like want players to show personality and they want them to kind of be themselves. And then they are. And then they're like, oh, well, that's kind of lame. You're a healthy eater. That's lame. Oh, look at you, your health on me. earth boy. <laughs>
0: like, it's so annoying. Go drive away in your Tesla. Exactly. Right. Like he drives a Chevy. I, he drove, a Chevy well, Cruze, Probably a Chevy Volt, <laughs> I would also, imagine. He does have a Tesla. At, at least he did before. I don't know. He may, maybe he changed. Cue up the breaking
2: news. Maybe, that, yeah, maybe
0: it's a Volt. Yeah, now. Hedger's got Could some a breaking Volt. news here. That I've days. seen him drive a Tesla. I know that for well, sure. Well,
1: there you go. Named after the greatest band of all time, so it's funny.
0: Uh, I, <laughs> yes, they're awesome cars, by the way. But
1: I'll never be able to afford one. <laughs> I saw one yesterday. Hey, you don't like him? That was no. Me- I just I
2: think it's funny that Chase like oh, named after the greatest band of all time, Tesla.
1: Not a big Tesla fan?
2: No, I'm, I just don't think they're the greatest band of all time. You're
1: wrong. The Beatles would tell you you're wrong. I not. I <laughs> I wouldn't. I wasn't
2: going to say the Beatles.
1: All right. Well, now, now you've piqued my interest.
2: I was just going to say something trollish about U2. I didn't oh, really okay. have a thought on this.
1: The band U2? Yeah. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I thought I thought he said you too, like Y O U T O O. Or maybe I
2: should say something trollish about Pearl Jam. Maybe that'll be. the... Oh boy! Because I mean,
0: that's what every that's where it just all goes. See, that, this is Mark the generational. Is in the
2: ceiling tiles this is I so generational gap. Careful, but the generational gap between reporters are the ones who identify and love Bruce Springsteen. You're right, and the ones that love Pearl Jam. Like there is like a ge- like I'm a neither. So yeah, No, know,
3: Scott's all Irish music, pretty much. I'm, all the time. I'm, the yeah. Chieftains all day. Yeah. Indie indie music. Freaking Scott has the, and... he has the
2: most eclectic music taste out of just about anybody I've seen on did he the, give you the Did he
0: give you the CD as well? No, of okay. course not. Okay, he, the, Scott does this uh, for the beat writers every year, and it, I think it's awesome. He puts together his favorite like indie tunes or just whatever tunes it is on a CD, and, you know, and it says that, you know Powers picks of 2016 or whatever. And he gives them to us, you know, around Christmas. That's awesome. It is awesome. Wow. It is, it is awesome. I'll give
3: it to you guys. I'll put you guys on the list. I but do what's like funny? What's funny is, of them. Uh, like I,
0: like I, it, you know, we did it two years ago, and. I hate to admit this, but I don't think I listened to a single song. That's brutal. It that was dude. awful. Man. I'm sorry, Scott. Sorry. This year I made a No, I did listen to some. I popped it. In, OK, I put the CD in the in the thing in the car and I had my kids in the back and he popped in some. He had some rap song I never heard of. <laughs> and it was like every other word. It's was eclectic like f, stuff. It it's... was like F f this, F that. My kids are like, oh, this is great. This is the best song like, ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, Where did you get this stuff?
2: I, I, so, I was just about to say, man, you've got to commute. like how on earth have you not listened to what this man laboriously puts well, together I did it for you this
0: time? and it was funny, so I, I I go I was it was a drive home from a Hawks game. it was the night he gave us the thing, and i I put the CD in, and I'm like this time I'm like, I'm gonna listen to this thing from start to finish. There's like eighteen songs. I got like an hour drive. I'm gonna listen to the whole thing. I got done at the end and I'm like. Next podcast, I have to talk to Scott <laughs> because I'm a little worried about Scott Powers. Like I'm a, I'm a little. I think worried was, about there's Bucky a Leonard Bucky.
3: Cohen song that finished it, and I think that's what it oh, was. That, that'll in, do the,
1: it. The
0: Leonard Cohen uh, about darkness and oh, that it. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Take your pick. Be, you You want the darkness? We'll put out the flame. You know, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. I like it now. That's like one of my favorite songs, and my daughter loves it now, too. So you have ruined us both. Thank you. See, I don't know
1: if Scott's like me. I listen to other people's pain to deal with mine. You know, it's like, all right, Right." these people have put this into words well, that I, I will never be able to do it like this. So it helps me. It helps me deal. It helps me cope by hearing other people... Uh, wow, it's like damn. At least I'm not Leonard Cohen.
3: Yeah, yeah. maybe you and I will <laughs> start having therapy sessions. Together. Yeah, sure. yeah maybe. <laughs> so,
0: so now every every once in a while, I'll, I'll like I, I keep listening to the thing. And I, I I am finding songs I really like now that I had no idea even existed before. So now I'm texting Scott and I'll be like,
1: "Number thirteen is pretty good."
0: <laughs> I have no idea what the song is called.
1: But for him, that I'll bet that feels awesome to you.
3: Yeah, I, I liked. I, I did it one year digitally, and it didn't. Uh, it didn't feel as good. I like. I like. I like so music cool, A man. and B. I mm-hmm. like sharing the CDs. So actually, I, if you guys are interested, I will be gladly making because I like I'm introducing people to stuff on
0: new yeah. music. It's a good. It's a good CD. It's a good one. The 2016 we, was.
1: Now what I want to know is, do you have the uh, CD Stamper, where you like design? No, the... no. I, I, oh, I put my oh. own, it, get, take
3: us behind the scenes. No, I, I put my own. Yeah, my one, my. My penmanship's really bad, but I, I do write them all out myself. So but there's not there a whole lot of them. You
1: so. used to get those stickers for your c- c- CDRs, rs and it would like melt in your CD player in your car. And it's like, <laughs> yep. like glue coming out I of remember yeah, I remember that. We're stop. dating ourselves
2: a little bit. All right, bit back here. to yeah, hockey. The kids have tuned up. What Speaking of pain, let's talk about the uh, Ducks-Flames series.
0: Yes, we're moving on from uh, Oilers and Sharks.
2: Yes. so we, Well, we all made our picks in that one, so I feel comfortable moving on to uh, Anaheim-Calgary. I mean, I I'm picking Anaheim here. I think they're... Probably the second best team in the West, I would argue right now behind the Blackhawks. And I just, I really like the group that they've put together. And I think that Calgary's got a lot of great young talent. Really interesting team. I think they could be really dangerous for years to come. Battle of Alberta in the years to come is going to be really good. Yep, with guys like Gaudreau and Monahan on Calgary and Kachuk. Yeah, Kachuk. Good lord, they're loaded. But I'm still picking Anaheim here. I'm actually going to pick Anaheim in seven. I think this could be a really good series.
1: All right, I think if there is a series poised for a upset, it might be this one. I think a lot of people have sort of overlooked Calgary as either ah, too young or too inexperienced. they got a lot of young, great talent, mm-hmm. and we've seen from Matthew Kachuk that he's mature beyond his years hockey-wise. Dude's not afraid of anybody, not afraid of anything, uh, and it has got some good genes, too. Um, so I, I think that Calgary might pull it off. If I'm putting money on it, I'm picking Anaheim, but for the purposes of this podcast... I'm going to pick Calgary in seven just because I really like where they're headed. I think Johnny Gaudreau is a great hockey player, and that's the sort of guy well, we talked about earlier with uh, Montreal and New York and uh, Ottawa not really having a star offensive player that can carry him. I think Gaudreau could be that guy for Calgary. So uh, I'm I'm going to pick Calgary uh, knowing that if there was cash on this, my pick would be Anaheim. <laughs>
3: Fair enough. <laughs> I, I think this is one of those series, too, where it's uh, – it, it, I guess almost every series, the goaltending is gonna. It's it's about who the guys are proven. And until you prove yourself, it's you know yeah. it, it, it's uh, when you look at Minnesota or, or whomever down the line who just the goaltending hasn't proven himself in the playoffs. And whether uh, whether Elliott is that guy for Calgary or not, you know whether what what he can prove in the playoffs. And uh, when you're thinking of the Blackhawks and just Crawford and what an advantage they may have there uh, in the first round and throughout. So I, I guess that's one of the questions for me is. Um uh, with the goaltending with the I guess both those teams a little bit, right? I, I um but um, yeah, I, I think like you said, I, I hopefully it's a fun series. And again, it's those young players that you see that promise and, and at some point, you know, these guys aren't all now say all rookies. It's not I mean it took Kane and Taves what a couple of years to kinda of figure out and then they got to the playoffs and so maybe the fact that, you know, the what in his second, third year now is I think third. Boy, third, third I think is, or fourth. I guess third. third? Yeah. I so some of these guys are, I mean, it's not like they're exact rookies. So I think some of that, I mean, there's some of that factor too where these guys have been around the block a little bit. So, um, I will take Anaheim but I, I no sir I think a, it could be an enticing series.
0: Is could Chuck gonna start the series by fighting Getzloff off the first <laughs> please? Like, opening He'll send the message drop. and turn momentum
1: right away. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like going <laughs> okay, to Milbury. prison
0: for that guy. Like he's go pick out the biggest baddest guy and just fight him and show that you're the you're just as bad as everybody else. Is that what his whole theory there I was? So. With the, I guess uh, so. I Kings.
1: They need him to play though. See, that's <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's kind of uh who was I talking to? Maybe it was Jordan Tutu who, who said that, you know, like Q's feeling on fighting is kind of like, I appreciate it, but you're kind of, you know, you're not on the ice. You know, I'd rather have you hit a guy or something behind it, you know. Well, it looks like when Hartman was, was on the second exactly. line
3: and he got the fight. Like, there's, there's time and places, and then you also have to understand what your role is on the team, you right. know, mm-hmm. like. 2-2 uh, two, two on the fourth line, ultimately, they can afford to not have him on the ice. But if you're in a significant role, I mean, you gotta you got to be thinking about that, too. Ultimately, you're going to hurt the team by not – and Hartman was playing with second-line center, I right. think, the game that he got uh, – he, he fought that one time, and uh, I think he picked up another – the penalty this later. Is, too. This is
0: not the 1980s. This is not yeah, Bio, no, so yeah. So yeah, Robert and uh, Joe Koser going crazy on people. And, fact, and, then, I mean, and I mean, I there's not so many, there's so
3: many fewer fights in the playoffs mm-hmm, too. Yeah.
0: Well, even in hockey in general, but especially the playoffs. As far as this series goes, I mean, I um, I'm gonna go with the Ducks in this one, mainly because I mean, I guess it's gonna hinge on the health of Patrick Eves. Who would ever say that, by the way, right? right. Like when he was yeah. – I used to cover the Red Wings uh, you know, for NHL.com when I was covering the Hawks mm-hmm. as well as going back and forth. And Eves was like – I mean, he was a fourth-line player. I mean, yeah. as far as that's how they used him. It was him and Drew Miller, and that was it. They never got off the fourth line, whenever, and then he always got hurt. He goes to Dallas, and they use him on the, in the top six role, and he responds. I mean, if he's healthy, what an addition that was at the trade deadline for the Ducks. I mean, this is a guy – he scored 30 goals this year. I think he, he, he was approaching 30. He was way over 20. Mm. At, the tra- at the trade deadline, he was over 20, and I know that he had some goals for Anaheim after the trade deadline. So you add that guy for like 000, 000. I mean, he, a million dollars. I mean, it's a million-dollar guy. Um, so he adds to your offense. Uh, they already have Vermette as well. I like him as like a third-line center. They have Getzloff. Uh, I, I like their depth down the middle. I like their depth up front. Um, that wins cups. It absolutely it does. does. It, does. It, it absolutely does, and so. But the, that said, they're going to have to get some more goal scoring out of Ryan Getzlaff this year. I mean, last year he had all those assists, or, or two years ago, remember he had all those assists mm-hmm. and couldn't didn't score a goal. Uh, that that can kind of hurt you as well. But uh, I, I'm going to go with the Ducks in this one. I think that they're going to. It could be a really physical series
2: oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, well, they also have to keep Corey Perry going because he went through that really long stretch without a goal too. They need him to produce if correct. they're going to win. Yep.
1: All right, well, now we move on to Minnesota and St. Louis. Yawn.
2: Sorry. I, I really? I'm, like, one of the only people who thinks this series is going to be a dud, but I just – I do. Like, Minnesota has played, like, crap down the stretch. I know St. Louis has played pretty well, but, like, the Mike Yobol. Like, who <laughs> – I'm, I'm not tuning in for that. Sorry. Like, I think it's – It it might be an okay series, but it's not one that, like, jumps out to me, like, say, uh, Washington-Toronto, where I think it's going to be fast-paced and awesome, or Pittsburgh-Columbus, where I'm thinking to myself, God, this playoff format sucks, that two of the three best teams in the East are playing each other in the first round. This one I'd probably rank, like, maybe sixth out of the playoff matchups in terms of my watchability and, like, my excitement level. Interesting. I I just – I really – and I maybe I'm definitely in a minority on that, but I just I can't shake that feeling. I don't know why, but
1: I, I, I'm excited about it. I just have trouble picking this one because I think Minnesota is clearly the better team, but they've been mm-hmm. such trash down a stretch. Just
0: I mean, it all like the tires completely fell off, mm-hmm. and the, it looks like a
1: a, uh, a psychological thing almost as much as a physical thing. And that's see, once that happens, you're screwed. And I I, I just don't know. The Blues have finished hot. The Wild have finished ice cold. And if we were picking this game a month ago, it would be an easy pick Minnesota for me. But the way they've been playing down the stretch, it's tough. I still think they're the better team, so I'm going to go with them. But uh, it's more of a coin flip for me than I thought it would be uh, through most of this season.
3: Yeah, how, how much did Hansel play, I guess? To, how much did he? He you got, better... didn't he, he, got uh, he was uh, ill yeah. at
0: mm-hmm. one point. I knew that. They, they, well, that was the other thing with Minnesota. They went through that whole... Did they have uh, mumps? Did they have something else thing? I mean, it went through the whole mm-hmm. locker room kind of thing. I think that may have affected them as well physically. Um, but, yeah, I have to look up the – I have to get my uh, – my. phone. But I, was just, I,
3: I guess I was thinking, too, like a bigger picture. Like, who was – Hansel started playing better recently. Who improved at he the deadline? He played 20 games with Minnesota. And in the uh,
0: last – like, the last 10, he was actually – he kind of working his way into the cause
3: thing. Because I don't – you know, I, I I don't know if the Blackhawks improved at the deadline. You know, like, I, I was – when you look at some of the numbers like the paper D, they did but yeah dude dude struggled and you know obviously Jurick not playing and i was just wondering how because Hansel was supposed to be like this, the way to complete Minnesota right i mean mm-hmm. he was he was thought he was going to make them deeper down the middle and him not playing probably impacted that but Minnesota yeah it was it didn't play well down the stretch uh the other way blues seemed like the, they they hit all the right buttons down it too you know and, I, mm-hmm. and they just picked up uh what's his name too right they signed um uh, oh,
2: um, Sabaka! And Sabaka, yeah. did get him? Yeah, they yeah, did. played yesterday. Scored wow. a goal. Yep, he came um, back.
3: Yeah, and That's I a guess pretty the, big it's, addition. it's, it's always the yeah. bigger, bigger picture with Minnesota, where the Wild have yet to prove that they can do You're this. Right. And the fact that it's trending in this direction, and you know, as good as Devin doomdick has been in the regular season, uh, he struggled down the stretch. Yeah, and, and then he did. The, and did, how,
0: did 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 any of that stem from what Bruce Boudreaux did here in Chicago, where he pulled him like? Ten seconds into the game,
3: I don't know. I I, I think it was already. I mean, that, that was even a while. Ago, I felt like though. it was trending in that direction already. Yeah. I, I don't, and I think people read into It could help though. I, yeah, no, it just it's. I don't know. Like ultimately, I mean, if you're if you're a goalie and you get that affected psychologically, there's other issues there. You know, like it was it was it, goals happen fast, and I think it was it was just the reaction and, um, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, Minnesota played so well at other times this season, right? Like it's, um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I could see that series going either way. And it's funny because I, I could see any of those four teams, even the Hawks and Predators, coming out of there, right? Yeah. I mean, if it, who's, yep. who's clicking and they've all shown signs that they can play really well and they all have certain deficiencies. Um, yeah, I, I guess I tend to think the while they're going to figure it out. Um but that might be a, a dumb assumption too, right? I, I, I Yeah, for, for now I'm picking the Wild, but I, I think it is an interesting <laughs> series. And I, you know, I, I, Terry Sanko is one of my favorite players to watch. I, I think he's, he, he's a lot of fun, and um, yeah, I, I get the Wild, but I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if well, it goes the other way. I,
0: I guess it does have the potential to be kind of a snooze fest if Mike Yeo's style of hockey kind of – dominates this series yeah I mean, like remember when he was with the wild and mm. i mean those were actually not really fun games there was the one series where the hawks actually swept him and the hockey wasn't too bad actually it was kind of up and down a little bit he kind of opened it up a little bit more but he got swept uh there was that It was, it was the year before i get them all mixed up now but there was the one year where basically the the wild gave them their the hawks their toughest challenge and in that series i mean you could just watch it from the press box, from TV, whatever. You would just watch it. The puck would go in the Minnesota end, and like it was almost like wherever you are, if you were a wild player, you had to like kind of converge under the <laughs> front of the net. Yeah. All five guys would like you know, be in front of the net, and you, there was nowhere. There's no shooting lanes, nothing, and it was boring. Like there was just no there was no goals, anything. But that's his whole. He had to hang. That's yeah. his whole thing. So how yeah. you hang with a with a more talented team. So if he does that, uh, I could see it being kind of like a. a boring series as far as the actual play. But um, this has some potential though. I mean um, when you look at Minnesota, it is a tough pick because they have played so poorly recently. But golly, when you look at their lineup, Mm-hmm. Eric stalls are number one center. Mikko Koivu is their number two center. Martin Hansel. If he plays like Martin Hansel is their number three center. He was the number one center for a long time in Arizona. They got a guy named Joel Erickson, who has played pretty a rookie. He's played decently. He's their fourth guy, but if he doesn't work out, Charlie Coyle's played center. Eric Hall has played mm-hmm. center. Um, I think Zucker's even played center at some point. I mean, they have all these guys who have played center. They're so deep down the middle, and they're fast. I mean, Halla can skate. Zucker can skate. All these guys, they need to just kind of
1: regroup. Just get it together. Mm-hmm. And- Get yeah. their
0: get their crap together and realize, hey, we were you know which team are we? Are we the garbage team from the last month, or the one that was running away with the division until we the bottom fell
1: out? What's well, the sort of series where, especially for a team like Minnesota, where game one could be so huge? Yes, because if they go out and and lose, and that doubt is in their head again, you know, and and. It's, yeah. that, that's no, a tough one. It's a tough series. To you're right. Your Mentally,
0: it's, it's hard to overcome those mental blocks yeah. sometimes. And and so, yeah, the, I, I'm actually looking forward to watching this series because I, I, I just feel like uh, um, even though it could that, you know, maybe be a little low scoring here and there, I think that it's got a potential to go the distance, go seven.
2: I'll give this one a shot. I'll watch game one, and if I kind of keep getting that vibe that it's going to be kind of eh. You're I'm, out. You're bailing. Yeah, I'm going to bail on the series. <laughs> I'm going to
0: pick Minnesota. By the way, so I'm, I'm picking Minnesota. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but center depth is center depth. Yeah, so you're right. You're I, right I am not going to make this a consensus.
2: I'm picking St. Louis. I, I think they're, that that hot. No, I just think that hot finish to the season. <laughs> no, you right. no, right. Guys that they've got the addition of Jake vodka, Allen, uh, uh,
0: Jake Allen's been playing great. The yes, last, you know, he last has. Month.
2: I just I think they I think they can do it. I think they can win this series against a Minnesota team that just seems like they ran out of gas right now
1: yeah i'm going i'm going with st louis All right, and now the moment everyone's been waiting for, patiently for 49 minutes.
0: (laughs) That means we have, like, 11 minutes to talk about
1: this. We're not on the the money. You you know what? We've talked
2: about the Blackhawks off and on, too. Like, we've hit on, like, Ryan Hartman and Joel Quinville. It's not like we've completely ignored them anyway. So if you think we haven't done enough Blackhawks talk yet, you're not listening. No,
1: we definitely haven't. I I, I wanted to know um, who in here (laughs) here thinks Nashville's going to win a series.
0: Uh... Nobody.
1: Nobody. All right. No. So, but, but I, I well, with that in they mind, have look,
0: potential. To it's not win like the we'd series, be shocked though. if they did. No. i well, here in Chicago,
1: let's but. do this. Everyone knows we both podcasts talked about the Hawks all year. Let's give our arguments for why Nashville could win this series.
0: Okay.
2: I'll I'll go ahead and start. I think that Nashville is like Scott mentioned. They are a tremendous team at even strength. They've got a ton of talent oh. on that team and a lot of guys that a lot of national hockey fans haven't heard of. Your Arvidsons, your Yarn Crocs. That's still I say his name wrong all the time, but I still love it, kind of thing. Um, they've still got your PK subans. Pecorine can find his form. If he can do that.
1: If his hip doesn't fall off. Exactly. Right. Like I just I
2: think there are so many guys on Whoops. this team that can there's so there's so many guys on the team that can contribute and that's not even getting to guys like Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis who are both awesome players too. This team has so much talent and so much depth. And Peter Laviolette's been around the block a few times. So,
1: did you say Philip Forsberg yet?
2: I haven't. See, there you go. Yeah. Like I mean, I think he almost goes without saying just cuz he's so freaking good. Like unbelievably good. Like I I really think Nashville has the talent to, you know, pull this off and I think we still have questions about the Blackhawks defensively. Like are they quick enough to get into position to stop Nashville if they start pushing the tempo a little bit. We saw it when they played in the playoffs a few years ago that Nashville came out and hit them in the mouth and immediately started pushing. And the Blackhawks had to scramble to adjust, and they did win the series, but they took a great shot from Nashville. And I think Nashville is better now than they were in that series.
1: Well, we've seen the trend from the Hawks in recent years, too, of starting the playoffs very slowly mm-hmm. uh, and sort of waiting till Game 3, Game 4 to sort of get into gear. That cannot happen in this series. If they get down two nothing in Nashville, I think it's over. There's a reason I picked the Predators to win in Stanley Cup. Like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, yeah, they had their struggles early. They've had some, you know, misleading losses here and there. Um, this team can win a Stanley Cup. Pecorino, as you mentioned, if he can play at the All-Star level, we've seen him play for a lot of his career, they can certainly win it. And mm-hmm. if they you know, they've got some young and experienced playoff wise forwards, but if those guys can put together playoffs like the regular seasons, uh, Nashville could go very far, so I do think the Hawks are going to win the series, um, but I, it's not a it's not a sure thing by any means. The Hawks have had the experience; they've got the talent. I think they've outperformed a lot of our expectations this year, um, and and I think you've got some hungry young players in the Blackhawks that want to prove themselves in the playoffs. Um, so I think that's going to give them the edge. But Nashville can certainly win this, and can certainly, in my opinion, even win the Western Conference.
0: Uh we're looking for for reasons the predators can win this series yep. and i look at i look at nashville's roster and i and two jump out to me one and both have to do with depth uh first is is just quality depth up front actually i up front and in the back but uh when you look at their top line you got forsberg johansson and victor Arvidsson. i mean three Producers, I mean, they're, they they produce offense, right? Yep. And but then you go to the second line and you think, well, can their second line really match up even a little bit with like you know a, a really like the Hawks' second line? You got James Neal in there, and then obviously I think it will be Mike Fisher in the middle. But then Craig Smith, you go down to the third line. I mean, that's not a bad line when you any line has James Neal on it, mm-hmm. not a bad option, right? You go down to the third one. I think that's where they're going to probably put Colin Wilson, who's a he, like seems like he scores a goal every time he plays the Blackhawks for whatever reason. So you got him. Um, you know, P. A. Parento, not a bad player, third line player, always know? a scrap heap guy, yeah. but always I seems mean, to put up big numbers. Absolutely, or good so, numbers. You know, in fourth line is. A fourth line, basically, Cody McLeod, those kind of guys. P.K. Subban's on their second pairing. Mm-hmm. Which is ludicrous. It is, but, I mean, you also have Ryan Ellis, who's out there. A lot A lot of this is going to come down to health. I know they have some health issues that, mm-hmm. that we don't know about necessarily yet, who's going to play and who's not. But you have to assume that the since it's starting on Thursday, probably most of those guys are going to play. Then we go to the goaltending depth. All right, You mentioned Pecorine's hip mm-hmm. might fall off. Well, if it does... I can't pronounce the guy's name is it UC UC you see Saros, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty darn good this year when he's had a chance. So, you know, even if Renee falters, they maybe have a second option there that they could go to, to, to kind of, you know, stem the tide a little bit.
3: Yeah. I, I guess the part of it is you just, you compare this Hawks team, the previous ones, and they're not as deep probably in some ways, at least in the lines. Uh, and, and I wonder how Quindle's going to use the, the defenseman, because I think you have a deeper six defenseman than...
0: Than you did last year? Recent
3: years, yeah. Then even in 15, maybe. It's just how is he going to utilize it? Because he usually starts turning off defensemen, you know? Is he going to pull away from Campbell or, or Van Reems Like, um, do, the Seabrook pairing hasn't been amazing. No. Um does is, does that even make the most sense? You know, uh, and I know that's what they turned to in 15, the Jarmilson, or the Keith Jarmulson pairing and Odium Seabrook, and um, yeah, I guess a lot of my questions are on that end, where I, I think the Predators matched up in a lot of ways, and it's it is how how's Quinville going to use that fourth line? Where in the past. Uh, he's thrown a Shaw with a Kruger and whomever, um, and had someone that's sometimes you've matched up against the top line. So I, I think this is more of a case where he's going to throw a Taves line, maybe against that top Predators line when, at least when they're the United center. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm curious how to see how those matchups start falling. Cause I think the Predators can match, match the Blackhawks in a lot of ways in depth and, um, matchups can be such a difference in these series. And I, I um, uh, uh, yeah I, I guess i guess i i think the blackhawks have shown at times a season where they can be the, the the superior team but other times and even last last month since the trade on like a lot of the numbers haven't been positive and some of those depth issues um and, and how's Anisimov come back and all those i was yeah. gonna say that's it's a big, a big that's one a big I, that's another health so i i guess I, right if there. everything's equal i mean the, the predators have that shot and then it's I guess at the end of the day, I still think Crawford's the better goalie. So, but if if Rine's up to the task and all those things, and um, I, I guess does home ice? I mean, home ice matter, or does that? I mean, are those factors important here in the playoffs? And yeah, I don't know. I, you, I, they I, haven't
0: been recently, right? I mean, typically they haven't. Really I, I would mattered. think
1: that it, if the Predators had home ice, I'd be thinking about the series a little bit differently, just yeah. considering the way that they've gone out of their way to sell and create this rivalry and they've done a hell of a job with mm-hmm. Nashville fans believe right. that the Hawks give a crap about them. Yeah. yeah. They truly believe no, that I've do. been there for three games and it is an intense atmosphere. Um so I think had this been in Nashville, it would that would have been an advantage. I do think more often than not it's not. Yeah. I mean you probably the prefer- were in the,
3: finished under five hundred during the regular season on the road. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the Hawks were awfully good at home this yeah. year. Yeah, the Hawks I, I also set a road, playoffs, road, road win record, too, Yeah, you're right.
2: That, that's something we have to keep in mind here. They That depth, I think, that Scott was mentioning that the Blackhawks have this year is a big part of the reason why they've been so much better on the road because they don't get hemmed into horrible matchups on the road like they did last season. They can still roll enough lines to where you can't just focus on shutting down one because then you're letting a guy like Taves or Schmaltz or Panic or whomever you allow that line to thrive when you try to shut down the cane line now. So that's an advantage for the Blackhawks on the road, too. And so I think even if they didn't have home ice advantage, I think I'd still probably go Blackhawks even in that instance because they've got so much success on the road this year.
3: And, and the adjustments, too. I, I, I guess it's I, – I think where Quinville's done it, Yes, great in the past is that he's made adjustments throughout the series where they have struggled early on and he's he's cut back on, on guys that he's he's felt that just weren't necessary on the ice and mm-hmm. you know I, I don't think he's afraid to do that with whoever and, and I'm thinking back in 13 it was with Seabrook even where he got his ice time cut and, yep. and Letty and so I, I wonder too how that's going to affect because um, he always seemed to find the right depth right? You know, that fourth line always seemed to figure itself right. out and I, I wonder if it's there because you have a lot of guys who uh, seems similar, but you know, yeah, you're but not, not dealing question with Sharks. Or or this and, yeah, 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 now it's Desjardins and Yurko like and, and um down the line where it's just finding that mix. Because that fourth line's been so so key to what they've done every yeah. time that they've made a right. run where those lines well, been utilized in defensive yeah. zone against top teams. And um,
1: What's nice, though, is that they've got with Tutu, Desjardins, Henestrosa, Yurko, that fourth line can look a lot of different ways mm-hmm. depending on opponent. True. So if they're up against St. Louis next round, assuming they move on, you got Tutu and Desjardins in there to if there's push the against the physical physicality. Aspect, if, right. you, if you're if you playing a quick team like Minnesota, you got Henestros and Yurko yeah. in there that can skate That's with true. those guys. So yeah. it gives them a lot of versatility on that fourth line, which which I like. It, yes, it's not solidified yet. And you don't know this is it, period, end of story. Right. But there's a ton of options. And you know, we give Joel a lot of options. He's going to do good things with them. Well, so. in,
3: in 15, it was – I mean, Desjardins – Tara Vine and Vermette. all those guys were scratches early round, yeah. even Nashville. Right. It's he eventually figured it out, and and now I think at some point you'll see Hayden, Tutu, Tichard, and Yurko here in I You're think you'll see, see a lot all of these guys. guys yeah, in there, I think that's kind of what. Series, I, yeah, yeah that's what.
0: Well, in my column for the Athletic, today, I was kind of looking at that with the rookies, and I mean, we know for sure three of them at least are going to start out the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Maybe four with Hayden. I mean, Hayden may be in that mix. That's four rookies in your starting lineup in the playoffs. Uh, But it might not stop there. I mean, Henestrosa certainly could get into a playoff game or two or more. That's Mm -hmm. five. Uh, Does Forsling maybe get in there if if if, – I mean, he hasn't been – obviously he was not ready for the
3: yeah. NHL right away. Well, I think Kepney's well, not considered a rookie. He's but not really a rookie, but he's a first year player. There hasn't been a time, I think in the last six years I was looking at it, where they haven't at least turned to one defense, whether it's right. been they even go injury with, oh, or guys, suspension guys, right. or you know, right. Sheldon Brookbank got some games in, in 13 and then uh Augustusen and all Svedberg and all these guys mm-hmm. down the line of all, um and Roosevelt I, I think there yeah. was one year they used eight I think it was 8 or 9 uh, a couple of years ago they ended up, so I th- I think at some point someone whether it's injury or suspension or somebody you'll see Kepney or Forsling or um yeah they would,
0: may even sign Runblad and wait,
3: bring him you back. Mentioned, you mentioned TBR. <laughs> I actually had that thought the other
2: you, day. You, you mentioned TBR uh, and Campbell as guys who could potentially come out. Do you think Johnny Oduya could be a guy that could come out? I potentially. doubt that. I, I, He I, hasn't really – to he, me, he hasn't like shown that he's a guaranteed top four guy I feel since like he's he, been here.
1: I think since he's been here, he's also been – uh, wink wink like yeah you're not totally healthy let's sit some games out and yep. I think like the whole team they've been playing at about 80%, 80% I think that's fair but, effort I, since, but I, also, uh, I also just don't, think don't get hurt pace yeah. I, I think yes. the
3: penalty kill stuff's big for them too where they, they got him because they didn't trust as many of those guys mm-hmm. on the PK
1: And he's always seemed to find another level in the playoffs. Uh, uh,
3: Completely agreed on that front, too. I'm just saying I don't don't think he's
2: guaranteed top four. I think that if he shows it in the playoffs, that's obviously completely different. He has in the past. I'm interested to see if he struggles. Is Joel going to be willing to pull the plug on him and plug somebody else into that top four spot? That's, to me, another question I'm very fascinated by the answer to. Do you
0: guys like Caro offensively at center as much as – Shaw when he was there in 2013. Because um, here's that's the question. Mm. When you look at the we talk about center depth earlier. You, you got to love Taves, obviously. You know, great center. Uh, Anisimov does a great job in the second line. Then mm, what? I mean, you what? basically have you basically have two fourth line centers. Is yeah. the way I look at it. You have two Krugers, Sort but of. I think Krugers played all
3: right offensively as of late.
0: With he's it. Picked, picked it okay. up over the last month or he's so. He's picked it mm-hmm. up, but he's still he's not Antoine Vermette. Like, when Vermette was playing really well mm-hmm. when he came over here, he's not he, – he definitely was not offensively what Shaw was before. Shouldn't Shaw was traded like
1: – I've been saying it all year. Well, <laughs> well, that's what I'm
0: saying. Well, and, you know, it, if if Schmaltz could win a faceoff, That would help. He would be the third
2: line. <laughs> but center. I also think that that would hurt the top line to have him yeah. away from Taves and well, panic. Well,
3: see, I think Hartman Schmaltz has, there, has been though. the biggest – like, Schmaltz is the reason why I think the Blackhawks – like, I was started to believe in this team because – that top line wasn't good, you know? Like, it wasn't anything, and Schmaltz solidified what that it kinda is. It kind of helped it. I mean... No, I think I think it was the biggest difference. I think of, Taves played a big role in that well, well. I no, but I think it was... I think... Again, I, th- I think Kane can do whatever he wants with whomever... Taves doesn't – Taves needs a little bit of push, you know. and I think Schmaltz was a yes, different did. player when he came back from the HF I Kills. think
2: Schmaltz opens a lot of space up for yeah. panic too and enables him to get to dirty areas because he can handle the puck so Correct. well and he's so precise with his passes that it just enables you to get to spot, I will find you, bam, goal. I mean, that's what Schmaltz does, and to Scott's point, I think that really helped open that first line up.
1: I don't think I've ever seen a player – be so different from a stint in Rockford in my life. God, that's yeah. so... Yeah, that's a good point. A complete non-factor And yes. his first, like, wow, this guy needs a year or two down there of conditioning, right. seasoning, rather comes back and is a difference maker right away and has not looked back yeah it's
3: i was at that first rockford game when he was down there and it was the first shift like it was he burst through the neutral zone and he had the speed and nearly scored like five seconds in the game it was like whoa <laughs> like, who I, just watched, guy? I just watched him for <laughs> yeah. three months and nothing and he scored i think one or two goals that game and probably could have had three or four and it was just like something just clicked and so i don't know if it's you know, it's a kid who's been told that you're great. You're great. Yeah, in, humbling. Yeah. And yeah. maybe something. He wasn't
0: shooting the puck before he went down Yeah, but down he never shot. then ever. He wasn't shoot Ever. He was like, he was <laughs> right. a lot, pass, 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 pass. And then finally he came back. When he came back, that first game, yeah. I think he scored a goal. Either yeah. in his yes. first game or second game back. And it was like, oh, hey, he can shoot the puck, too.
1: He was making you know? drop passes in the shootout. Yeah. You remember when yeah. you were pounding the table earlier? I yeah. kept doing
2: that this season. Every time we would talk about Nick Schmaltz and I was just like, shoot. Shoot the yeah. puck. puck i felt like a meathead in the upper deck yelling shoot the puck but he right. needed to yeah that was
1: that was a different level of oh my god dude Please pull yes. the trigger. And as yep. soon as
0: he came back, he started doing it, and lo and behold, and it kind of opened up the rest of his game yep. as well. Then he yeah. started feeling more comfortable. Yep. He got a couple goals in there, and then you know the, it started coming out. All I, I bet
2: Scott got sick of my report cards every time I would mention Nick Schmaltz. Always use the word be assertive. Yeah, and he came back, and boom,
3: it happened. And, and it's crazy what confidence can do. Yeah, yeah. Do it. it's not. Well, he, he plays so well in a small space. Like he understands. How to get himself open, how to get you open. Like mm-hmm. it's just what he can do with the puck and I and I've heard even when he played for the mission and growing up was that he just there's a ten foot radius where he uh, he plays as well as anyone. Where right? it's he just he understands space and, and time and all those things. Where how guys are going to be and, and I think it's benefited Taves because I think Taves plays off of players like that where um, where Kane and Panarin works so well apart. Where it can be this cross ice game. And I think when even when you put Taves and Kane back together, it didn't click because Taves needs someone supporting him like that and someone to open him up. And um, I, I think that's worked out well. And then, and then panics kind of fit in and. Um, I mean, it's, it's weird to think this season wouldn't be where it was for the Blackhawks if it wasn't for Richard Panik or or Marion or, or Ryan Harmon. As much as Kane and Panera and I all those guys, haven't talked have, about Hossa yet. Yeah, who they've needed to be. It's it's these guys who have um have stepped up and, and put Quinville in this category for having this amazing coach here because uh, I, I don't think any of us had. Panic penciled it and penciled in for what twenty three goals or no. also for what twenty five or twenty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hartman almost for twenty. So it's
1: well. I'm glad we started this conversation because before we wrapped up, I wanted to just sort of go through and assign our our season awards, and I have a number of categories here uh, just based on our conversation. I think we're picking a rookie of the year, Nick Schmaltz. Yes, we all agree there. I, you well, could make an Ryan argument Hartman's for an argument Hartman too. I
2: I am going to stick with Schmaltz though because I really think that. He's the straw that stirs the drink and has enabled them to really utilize their depth in the second half of the season. So I'm so going to have go. a second
3: half player of the year. Maybe? I, I think Hartman overall, is it's the fact that he's Hartman played just, me, yeah, me. The for,
2: frustration over the dumb penalties and kind of the way he's kind of like gone up and down quality wise in the yeah. second half, I feel like kind of cancels. Schmaltz's first half out for me a little bit, so I'm gonna stick with Schmaltz.
0: I'm gonna go with Hartman because of his versatility. Like basically this was the guy that when we came into this season, it was like he has to replace Shaw. and he's done that. Like he's completely replaced Shaw and maybe then some. Like he's maybe even you can make an argument. He's a better player than Shaw as far as like overall type of thing. He does make some silly penalties here and there. But that's been but, a
1: recent trend though. Up until right. this month, he really worked that game. Yep. He had not done that. Right. And then re- from that game on, he's been taking some dumb penalties. He's
0: played on all four lines. Yep. He's played mm-hmm. center for two games. At least they he played well enough where they at least wanted to take a look at that, you know? Um, so I think he like the versatility. He almost scored 20 goals. Uh, replace shaw for me that it's hartman as a big picture sure and well he also give
1: them gave the hawks what they they lack that a guy who can play physically and score Right, mm-hmm. uh, and panic has done that too a little bit um but you know schmaltz is a great luxury to have um but there's a lot of guys with similar skill sets hartman filled the hole that was left when shaw left and i think you can say he's at least as good as shaw without right. much of an argument the other way
3: yep I I think Hartman, too, for me, just the overall. And the fact that he doesn't play – like, it wasn't power play time or it wasn't like he was producing, given these opportunities where he had almost 20 goals at even strength and that versatility. Again, I think Schmaltz is the difference to why the Blackhawks took that jump. But when you look at the full season, um, you know, second half player of the year, I'd maybe give the Schmaltz. It's the full rookie of the year, the fact that Hartman stayed up and did stay out of the box – for such a long portion, because that's probably why he got to stay in that NHL this early in the year, was that he he didn't take penalties for the first 20, 30 games at a, at that rate, and um, I, I think that'll still be a concern going forward for the rest of his career. But the fact that he, yeah, I, I guess the he was able picture, to kind of, con- yeah, I never, I never thought, Hart, I, and- I didn't think Hartman was going to put it together like this, considering what I'd seen in Rockford and um, just the <laughs> penalty issues, and just you yeah. know, like you you didn't know, like this was a first round pick who didn't look like he was on the trajectory to scoring 20 goals or being that, that is so true. I mean, there was, uh-huh. I remember mean,
0: there was one game I went to cover Rockford last year when pickle got sent down there and it was actually in Grand Rapids. And I was sitting next to a member of the, uh, the Hawks front office and we were talking and, uh, like in the third period, <laughs> there was a play where, where Ryan Hartman like got a penalty in the third period. I think the Hawk, uh, rank Rockford was winning the game. And anyway, he picked up the penalty and like late in the third period, and play is like continuing to go, and he's just he's chasing the referee, like literally around the entire rink, and and the front office guys going, what is he doing? Like, like, <laughs> what is he doing? Like, what, why are you doing that? You know, and it's just like I, I'm like, oh my god, I've never literally never seen a player do that in my So to go from that. To what we saw in the you know, for most of this season, that's that takes a lot of restraint on his part to, in and just growing up and maturing as a player.
1: I never thought we'd see it either, James. I said in one of our first podcasts of the year, flat out, and I think I'm quoting directly Ryan Hartman can't play. Yep, because the first couple of games of the preseason, he was a disaster, couldn't get out of his own way. Yep. And this felt like his last chance, much like Mark it McNeil. It really did, mm-hmm. yeah. Same kind of deal. And, uh, man, he pulled it. Or he pulled it. They needed him to do this, and he did yeah. it.
0: That's For me, that that. that and it. For... He
1: deserves respect for that. I mean, a lot of people didn't see it coming. All right, let's move on from rookie. Let's go, I think the answer is obvious, but maybe we say instead of, besides Duncan Keith, which defenseman has impressed you the most this year? It could be maybe not Keith, but mm-hmm. I'm always going to go with Jalmerson because I think he's uh, criminally underrated throughout the league i think people in town have finally started to realize how valuable he is but i feel like he has just sacrificed his body more this year than ever yeah and mm-hmm. uh that's the dude if if you know if i had to pick you know ten, there's a one lead with 10 seconds left in game seven and it's number two or number four out there i'm going with number four i just i think he's uh the best defensive defenseman they've had in probably 20 years
3: yeah no, yeah, Darlison's special. I, I guess it, it's always hard because even today I threw one of those polls up on Twitter on who's the MVP of the team and Oh, we'll get to that. And I wanted to put <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to put a defenseman in. At the end of the day, Duncan Keith played four more minutes than anyone on the team. I looked at, you know, all the underlying statistics and it's always Duncan Keith it's plays. Hard to, yeah. it, it plays this game that's always at a certain level and even when it's not the like the elite elite, he's still the one of the best defensemen in the league and it's so
0: easy to take it for granted because we see it every night and we're just like used to it and whenever it it varies from that and it gets a little like a tick worse what's wrong with keith (laughs) oh my god the world is coming to an end he is so consistent you know uh all the time for me uh defenseman what was the what was the what's the category again
1: i just said best defenseman best of other than keith sure yeah okay
0: cuz the one that <laughs> like actually impressed me maybe the most from like last year to this year was actually TVR and i might set the world on fire on this one like people will be like you know oh, no i i still hear all these complaints about you know TVR but i i got to say like you know from last year to this year just move, simply moving him from the left point to the right point and making him more comfortable and also moving him from the second pairing to the third pairing as a young guy where he he's he's in a spot now where he should have been last yeah. year and i think that he has actually come a long way um you know this year and i i mean he's starting to find areas where he can kind of, where he feels comfortable pinching up a little bit and adding a little bit of offense he's buzzing the net you know occasionally as a defenseman, not getting trapped down there, I think that he's come a long way. As far as best defenseman, I'm going to agree with you on, on Jalmerson for that, for sure, other than Keith.
2: I, I would have to agree on Jalmerson. Just his
0: ability to play at either point I think has been really
2: valuable to the Blackhawks and has allowed them to do a lot of different things with their defensive pairings. So I'd probably go with him. But then you were talking about Duncan Keith's – or Scott was, sorry, talking about Duncan Keith's consistency. You know he was the only guy that score, had a point against Nashville in all five games they played this season? I found that out yesterday and just blew my mind that it was him and only Hmm. him that did it. I was like, wow. Like you don't realize how much Duncan Keith contributes on offense until you start looking at the numbers and you're like, Holy crap. He activates a lot and gets a lot of their offense going. It's, staggering to me that Duncan Keith I know he's won a couple Norris trophies and he should be in that conversation every freaking year because he's so consistent but I love me some Nick Jalmerson I'm like you Jay I got I got a thing for him he's fantastic and I think he is kind of underrated at least nationally
1: I want to comment on what you said about TVR too and I think that you and I sometimes unfairly get. I really hammered him last year too, well, like in
0: the playoffs because he just didn't. I didn't think he had a very good I th- playoff series.
1: And I I'll speak for myself, and and James obviously speak. You guys all speak for yourselves, but for me it was always a uh, he was getting unwarranted trust. It yes. wasn't so much that I thought yes. he sucked, but it was why is he up here? Why is he getting the minutes he's getting? What is he shown? And it was sort of a um, I felt like an undeserved love from Q. Q sees things that we don't that I'll see. never see. Yep. Obviously. And I'm not saying Quinville's an idiot or anything, but I was having trouble understanding the level of trust Van Reems like was getting. So I think that I get sort of put in a place of like uh, TVR hater, not at all. Right. And I think you're, what you I said was the is same totally right. exact
0: way I, I, on Twitter. Everyone was like, "Oh, you're just hating on this guy." And and I got to a point in the playoffs. I kept asking Q about TVR, and he was kind of getting a little def- like a re- <laughs> really defensive. Like he, he was our best player in the play. I'm like, he was really, like, okay. but uh, yeah. But I'm. It's a great way to put it, Jay. Is like it, it's like just like wh- how did he earn that much? That big of a role, that much trust or whatever, just I, I didn't see it. But, like, this year I think I've started to see a little more what Q is, was talking about just because I think he's more comfortable on the right point,
3: you know?
1: All right, well, let's wrap it up with Scott's question. You had it on Twitter today. Uh, who's the Blackhawks MVP? Who were your candidates?
3: I put Kane, Keith Crawford, and Panarin. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm going to say that with some of
2: his struggles in the second half and the fact that he missed time with the appendectomy, I'm kind of removing Corey Crawford. He would have been my pick, I think, if it hadn't been for the appendectomy just how well he played. I have to go with Patrick Kane. He, Especially the second half of the season, dude has been out of this world, playing like he did last year, makes the entire offense go, can do anything with anybody. Doesn't matter who his line mates are, the dude is scoring. Drives your offense, and you got to do that in this league. I'm
0: going with Patrick Kane. I got it. Well, I'm gonna go with Kane as well, just because like from the old school standard I mean he like lit the world on fire offensively again, like you said, especially in the second half of the season. So how can you not go with him? That said, you could make a really off the wall argument that would make people just smack their heads and say that Jonathan Taves may be your M V P because when you look at when he's like like they I guess they were winning. They won a lot when yeah. he was struggling. So I guess you could get the, the counter argument is that like they started could,
1: rolling when he got hot. though. But they
0: started rolling <laughs> yeah. like when he started rolling, they started rolling. You know, and, it, and then it, it gets hand in hand. And you say it's you know uh, a lot of that is Schmaltz. I agree. Well, I did you
3: say it was a lot of it? Was, I just well, think no, it, I agree it, it, it with it you.
0: Like he they, he was there was something missing from that top line, yeah. and Schmaltz did end up you know kind of becoming that. Left wing that they had, they'd run like through like 15 guys in a year and a half trying yeah. to find replace Brandon Sod. Finally, they found a guy who did it. But I mean, it, it's hard to overlook the fact that like when they had that ridiculously hot streak that basically won them the Western Conference, uh, Taves got hot at that point. And he was scoring like every night, and he was setting up stuff. So, you know, from an off the wall aspect, you could look at that and say he's still in that discussion as as MVP. But you got to go with Patrick Kane.
3: I guess I go the other way almost too. Or
0: you want to trade Taves?
3: No, that wasn't. I I, I, don't. I don't think the Blackhawks make the playoffs or the team they (laughs) they've become without what Corey Crawford did early in the season. Where if he's not as good in the first month, this team. You know, like oh, there were so many one goal games, so many games where this team was still where they got
0: it, hammered over the head in possession, finally oh, yeah. gets footing.
3: Oh. I don't, yeah, I and don't, we've still won. I, I, I think that first month or two decided what, like how easily they got into the playoffs. You know, whether, um, you know, ultimately Corey Crawford wasn't the difference them winning the conference and putting them where they were in the end. But I think if that if that beginning goes awry, it's 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 a different season you're I mean, in a different a,
0: yeah you're in a hole at that point
3: yeah and that it, that would have been bad for this team so yeah I don't I, I guess it, it's tough because where Crawford ended up and his numbers dipped and he actually played well the last month or so but he was out and um,
1: a couple real bad games in there yeah too. yeah mm-hmm. I, I, but I,
3: I guess I, I see the Crawford Kane argument more than anyone else just because I think Crawford was as key to what this team did early and Kane was key to what this team did in the second half and but I guess when you you can't ignore what Kane does in overall season and he's second in points again and certainly pushed McDavid there at the end and all the overall numbers so I I think that leads to it but I think I I think if you're dividing the season or putting an importance on what happened I think I think what Crawford did early in the season was vital to this this team even making the playoffs and you know just being in the position they ended up into and the only
0: thing that that might work against Corey, and it's nothing that he could change at all. It was when he did get hurt who stepped up. Scott, right. Scott Darling. Yep. I mean, Scott Darling had an amazing season for a quote-unquote backup goaltender. I mean, did he finish like in the, with the around 930 save percentage? Something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he's not the number one, and he doesn't get as many opportunities to play. That's pretty impressive. It was 924. I it was 924. That. That's still that's a high save and percentage. And still behind a
2: defense that allows a lot of quality scoring chances, Correct. too. Correct. Yep. So I mean, I, he played well. I, I think he is going to get close to if not starter money to play somewhere i i just i get that vibe from him
1: hold that thought Uh i'm gonna go uh with Corey crawford as my mvp actually just because of scott what you said scott talked uh, you into it the what first part of the man. season and i Can know you guys a high five? yeah absolutely <laughs> nice you guys don't get to hear the broadcast as often as we do Eddie O said 12 13 goalie wins that's a high that's a, number. Number. That's a high huge number, number. Take I those mean,
0: wins away from what they got. Exactly. Where are they?
1: That's 26 points. Right. I mean, so uh, with, that, with the way he played the first half of the year was superhuman. And, yeah, he came down to earth and was a very good starting goalie right. down the stretch. Great. Fine. You know what I mean? After losing uh, his appendix. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt what Patrick Kane does is incredible. We talked about taking things for granted. I think we're finally at that point with Patrick Kane uh, where it's just assumed that he's going to put up 80, 90 points every year, and that's going to be the end of it. Um, I seen him I saw Patrick Kane do some things I could not believe this year but without Corey Crawford for that first month month and a half the Hawks are in a giant hole uh, so I'm going to give it to him now back to what you were saying about Scott Darling we talk about this all the time do you guys foresee a scenario where Scott Darling is back next year with the Hawks as the number one starter and Corey Crawford is elsewhere
0: well, you know, we I've actually been talking about that loosely with Scott in our podcast for a while and he's always like it's gone from this was like a year and a half ago when when D'Arling first burst on the scene they still had they've always have the cap problems, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, wheels are always turning this bald head up here and I'm just like, <laughs> "Okay, like could we see a scenario where he signs for like 2 million dollars or something or, or they keep him at what was he making? Five hundred thousand or something? And then they trade Crawford. And then you free up like five point five million. I mean, that seemed a little far fetched like a year and a half ago. I think it's getting to be more realistic potentially now. And I think you've even mentioned it. Yeah, he's rolling his eyes now.
3: I, I guess it's the it, it's if you court mentioned Crawford, it a couple it, times though. Like yeah, even. no, I, I think it, it's stupid not to think of right. Like in some world, I mean, he's the local guy. He's played really well. He's cheaper. A lot of the factors. It's just. He hasn't the, won two cups. Depending he on what the Blackhawks do this playoffs, if you ride Crawford again, how do you, uh, and especially the organization is very loyal to its its elite core players, right? I mean, yeah. it, it hasn't, I, and yeah, I think Corey Crawford's legendary if he leads them to another cup, and, um, and at the end of the day, the six million, it's a lot to the Blackhawks, but in the goalie spectrum, it's... I mean, what's his eighth or ninth, tenth in cap hit now, and it's even by the end of his contract, he'll be like half you know midway. So uh, just because maybe you mismanaged the cap in other places, I don't know if goalie is and and I, and I get all the reasons for Darling. It's just Crawford's still at an elite level. He's thirty-two, so I, I think you still have some more years. And he, uh, yeah, I, I I guess I'm curious to see you know if he pushes them to another cup i don't see how you walk away from him or walk away that the fact that he's still at the top of his game the
1: only uh, and two years ago i would have agreed with you but when i saw them trade brandon sod i had the realization that they'll trade almost yes. anyone not wearing mm-hmm. 1988 as long two. as you get something back for it too or
0: mm-hmm. in this case i guess what you would get back is cap space which they desperately need
1: well especially but, now with panarin's bonus
0: right Oh, exactly. We were in. Uh, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what two point five million, basically more. Uh, just the overages. I think the
3: overages three point six.
0: Well, Jeez. yeah, but of that three point six, and he cost them like two And And then that's on something. top
2: of the fact that he's getting a pay bump next year too. Yeah,
0: right. I think I figured it out last night. It was something like he's going to make something like seven point something other million more than he made this year. Good lord. In cap. Hit. That's a lot. Because he, he made like eight thirteen. I think it was his cap hit this year. And next year, when you count the overages and the raise, uh, it's like over seven million dollars more f- to keep Panarin. But as Mark Potash pointed out uh, from the Sun Times to me on Twitter last night, worth every penny. You know, like yeah. it's gonna it's gonna hurt, and then you're gonna have another cap crunch type of thing. But you gotta keep a guy like that.
3: Well, I, I, I don't. We'll see how much of a cap crunch it is because it's expansion draft. It's 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 who they lose in the expansion draft it's what the cap is at if it's at 76 million um they're gonna ride these rookies a lot more and um the, I, I think next year you may add a few more guys i think the brinkett i think uh, a few of these guys will get looks i think hayden maybe starts the, the year there i, I think uh kempney's there instead of Oduya for a full season if they resign him uh but Should yeah Lunoff,
0: any chance with him or is he like uh, a couple like years he's away. in
3: the khl uh for a few more years but yeah i i, I think they're gonna Younger guys, I think the I think panic's the most interesting one that happens financially this season. When well, I think off-season. the
1: Panarin's bonuses are, are they going to be what cost you Richard Panic? I agree because that bonus is almost exactly what you'd probably have to pay him.
3: I, I guess it could be. Cause I guess they put him. I mean, he's restricted, so yeah, it's arbitration possibly. I mean, it's so rare that these go to arbitration. Or do you
2: trade him like you did Andrew Shaw and get a pretty solid return because the team knows they want to sign him for however many years? I wonder
1: if people. I wonder if the league is sold on Panic yet.
3: I think there's a risk still. I, I think for the Blackhawks, it makes sense For everyone else. Yeah, I don't yeah, I'm curious cuz I I don't I, I think he still cuz I, I I think he still gets a small deal to get him to un, What's a year or two he has was left. Yer- in was was
0: Yurko panic protection? You know what I mean? Like, God, I hope not. Well, I know. <laughs> oh, if it was, looked, know,
3: Oh, he, Hedra loves his Yuriko. Don't even start guys, with
0: this. I, like, he has not gotten a fair shake yet. Oh, so,
3: come on. Come on. He,
0: he's shown, he, he's he, playing he, fourth line minutes. He doesn't get to play the top
3: line Panic like Panic. Line. Panic he the couldn't crack the lineup in
2: freaking Detroit. Third line oh,
3: Hedra he, loves his In Detroit, he line.
2: could not crack the lineup. <laughs> come
0: on, man.
2: Hedra saw him in Detroit.
0: He's He can skate. He's shown some ability. He hasn't put the puck in the net yet. That's the big thing. He did once. Yeah. One
2: time. I'm two inches taller than Jose Altuve. Doesn't mean I can win an American League MVP award. Hey. You're selling yourself short, pal. Oh, that was a dad joke. I we'll remember I this. I didn't even
1: when, mean that. I didn't even mean it that when way. Tom, but, but I'll when take Tomas
0: it. Yurko has 20 goals next year, we're revisiting this conversation. Yeah, All right. We'll we be at yeah, this table.
2: To. I'll yeah. buy you a new fedora <laughs> if he scores 20 goals I want. I will take buy you, buy you up Tesla on that. Tesla, okay. okay. I will take with, you up on that. We have witnesses on this podcast. I'm buying Hedger a fedora next year if Thomas Yurko scores 20 goals.
1: All right. Well, that was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for coming to the – what do you call it? A – Glamorous NBC, NBC Tower. Tower, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, de- definitely glamorous. You gotta go glamorous. I too.
1: used to work here. Now I work at Prudential. James works here now, so it's full same security lady.
0: It, yeah,
2: that's. I'm like, crazy. Do you remember me? No. Like, <laughs> she okay. sees a lot of people in a given day. I yeah, know. I know
1: it's true. It's yeah. true. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, follow Scott and Brian on Twitter. Give out your handles because I don't have them memorized.
0: Uh, mine is just at Brian
1: Hedger C- Creative
0: by scott powers
1: i like that one beautiful you're at james neveau and i'm at jay zawoski 670 uh this will be posted on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast uh link and you guys will put it on the athletic site as well so it'll be easy Absolutely. to find yeah make sure you download Two it from both sources it's
0: like a super cast it is it S- really is
1: subscribe rate review if you like us uh and uh, we'll talk to you soon on the madhouse podcast i don't know what your guys schedule is
0: uh, we're, get, every we're post getting there. Game. Yeah. We're every post game. And then we, uh, yeah, just every post game. There awesome. We go. I always look at Q. Wow. I, I man, always, you sold I, always that. Look, I always, I always look at Scott for my cues and he just kind of gave me the No, no. Well, he's just, mad just, at you for pounding the table put- and criticizing <laughs> small players. And yeah, there's a lot of resentment. I think there. that last one, it. that last on the table may have blown somebody's eardrums out yeah I'll
1: send you an invoice for this uh, yeah this little thing here that you broke now. yeah it's we're not broke. to do
2: another patreon account just to pay <laughs> you know for what
1: that. I we should say thank you to our patrons uh, on patreon because without them this does not happen agreed the mat- official madhouse laptop the it, official madhouse mixing board the all the microphones. microphones all the equipment we used to do this uh, was thanks to the madhouse podcast listeners so thank you guys and if you'd like to donate and help out and support and just uh, lend a hand to the podcast, it's patreon.com slash madhousepod. Every cent we get goes to the podcast. We don't spend it on anything for ourselves. So it's equipment, uh, things to make it more easy for James and I to get podcasts to you, our listeners. So we do appreciate it. Scott, Brian, thank you guys for coming. And Thanks uh, for having us here. Boy, the playoffs are right around the corner Thursday. Don't ask me what channel it's on. Hey, hey what, what channel is it on? <laughs> this is... My annual struggle. <laughs> I just pinned it. Here's the schedule. Shut up. Just look it up yourself. <laughs> Leave me alone. The answer right. in the blog. When
0: NHL.com starts working again, look it up yourself.
1: Oh, for yeah. And we God will have a bracket sake. challenge uh, as soon as NHL.com decides to work. So as soon as we get a link and a league name, we'll let everybody know. But until then, thank you all for listening to this crazy Madhouse athletic podcast thing you do. Uh, we appreciate it. So yeah.
2: Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening.
1: Nay, giveth thou the berries. For 15
2: minutes could save you 15% or more.